0: Hello, Rev. Brad here. You're listening to the podcast From the Touchline, a production of Soccer Chaplains United. I recently visited Cambridge, England, and while I was there, I learned an interesting piece of football history. Apparently, the first known instance of codifying or writing down the rules of association football or soccer happened in Cambridge. Story goes that in 1848, a group of Cambridge University students wrote out a set of 11 rules. They nailed these to the trees surrounding Parker's Peace, a large grassy park in central Cambridge. Today's rules of the game are different, but it's been interesting to see how these Cambridge rules have influenced and impacted the beautiful game. For the next few weeks, we'll look at the Cambridge Rules of 1848 and talk about some parallel spiritual life lessons. So stay tuned. We take a look at this week's rule right after this. He's
1: found the space, and he's found- Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have! He has the hat-trick! The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat-trick hero. Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post! And you're on the angle! And what a goal! What a goal!
0: number 10, in no case is holding a player, pushing with the hands, or tripping up allowed. Any player may prevent another from getting to the ball by any means consistent with the above rules. Rule number 10 gets into some of the physicality aspects of the game. Now let's remember that back then, soccer or association football was done primarily as an off-season conditioning sport for rugby. Rugby kind of was the sport of the day. <laughs> Things are different now. So when you had different players, though, coming together around the formation of these Cambridge rules, not only did you have different rule variations that would spring up across the different villages and towns in England, but you were also incorporating rugby plays and players at times. Soccer needed to distinguish itself from the sport of rugby, and I imagine that Rule 10 was one of the ways that it did. The venerable Winston Churchill is quoted as once saying, Soccer is a gentleman's game played by hooligans— and rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen. Well, that might add some additional perspective to today's rule. In truth, there is still a lot of latitude with the rule as stated above, and today's modern rules are much more detailed and precise on preventing someone from getting to the ball. Inherent within this rule is a sense of fairness, I guess, and player safety, but it also makes certain that to a particular degree that the ability to move the soccer ball is the emphasis on the game rather than the physicality of the athlete. Consider American football for a moment. There are massive linemen weighing hundreds of pounds and pushing, pulling, lifting to protect or get at a quarterback. Then there are speedy wide receivers who weigh, sometimes, half of what those linemen weigh. But they are quick, good with their hands, often able to leap high. The position that, the, that they play dictates more of the attributes that are needed. And I would argue in a general sense that soccer players, while there can be some diversities around skill areas and positions, typically everyone has to be good with a ball at their feet, even the goalkeeper. But I digress. A life lesson from our Cambridge Rule today needs to focus on making sure that we don't get cut off from the things we need to do in life. If the soccer ball might metaphorically be seen as a life goal – And our pursuit and possession of that ball is some of the busy work that we need to be about. For example, if you're in university or school, graduation is the focal point, the end goal. You have to find a way to finish as it were. So making sure you don't get cut off from completing that goal, we might say, is an important aspect of life right now. Or perhaps you just had a little baby born into your family. Feeding, caring for, learning to parent. No matter how exhausted you feel, this is a critical goal for this stage of life. One more. Maybe you're in a fall season of life, retirement's just a few years away, or maybe taking care of aging parents is on a not-too-distant horizon. Well, all of a sudden, this becomes a critical need for you. This becomes the ball you're pursuing. This becomes the goal that you chase after. Hey, let me take a short break. I want to tell you about our World Cup devotional currently available, and it might be an encouraging resource for you, no matter what stage of the game or life that you're in right now.
1: Hey, hey, this is Ben Dudley, co-chaplain of the mighty Portland Timbers from Major League Soccer. This World Cup, Soccer Chaplains United is producing and publishing a devotional. It's called The Light is Coming, and this devotional is a collaboration of several of our Soccer Chaplain United chaplains from across the country. It's now available in ebook and in print just in time for the start of the World Cup Tournament. It's an eight-week, 80-page devotional with illustrations and readings that mirror the different weeks of the World Cup, Advent, and Christmas. So head on over to Amazon, or better yet, Amazon Smile, and just search up the World Cup devotional, and you'll see it with our logo on. Let's go, USA! Let's go win that World Cup, bring it back, and uh, go Timbers.
0: I'm excited about World Cup, and I hope you are too. I hope you'll get one of our devotionals and journey together with us this season. Well, as we wrap up this life and spiritual lesson for today, I'm reminded of Paul sending a letter to some Christian friends in Galatia, modern-day Turkey as we know it. He writes... You were running a good race who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth. Like a runner who gets barricaded or cut off in a race, the Galatian Christians had started listening to people who were adding to the faith. You had to fulfill Jewish commands and lifestyle in order or in addition to what Jesus was telling them. That was essentially their message. And Paul says, no, no, that's not what Jesus asks or requires. They had listened to wrong voices. Their progression of life and faith had been blocked, cut off, shielded from the ball, essentially. My friends, what or who is blocking you? From a great game, from a great life, from a great faith. We must make it our work and aim to make sure that we're getting to the ball and getting to goal. Don't let others cut you off from those things unduly. A good lesson from this Cambridge Rule of 1848.